0: what's up man it's your boy
1: Street!
0: that's right you know what it is another episode what the street's been waiting for a living incarcerated edition welcome 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 yeah 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 today man we got a special guest man i want to give it up man for my daughter makari Laser morgan man she's gonna be on here And she's going to tell you from the side of a child standpoint, being without a father, what it's like during his incarceration, not being in her life, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. So we're going to get into it in a minute. And so I just wanted to let y'all know, you know, that we want to touch every aspect of incarceration. And so you get the full rundown of what it's like having her, you know, doing this with us. So we're about to get it in right now, man. So holler at your boy real talk. Hello. Hey, what up, what up, what up, what up? It's Street, What the Street's Been Waiting For, Living Incarcerated Edition. Uh, Let the listeners know your name. Hello? Yes, baby. (laughs) Oh, my God. What? What's up? Don't act brand new. I'm sure you used to talking.
2: What that supposed to mean? That's
0: how <laughs> I'm to mean. That's it. Ooh, that's that with me. Yeah, you already know what time it is. No, but on the real tip, though, you know, we want to give listeners a, a real-life standpoint of what it's like that kids got to go through when they have an incarcerated parent, when they're dealing with somebody that's locked up behind the wall, you know, what it's like for, for, for a child, you know, that's suffering while the parent's not there, especially a father, you know what I'm saying? So... Give them a little bit of, like, I was I had left when you were, like, three. I had left and was in uh, incarcerated around the age of when you was about three years old. So I had just came back, and now you're 16, but I came back when you were 15. So that was a long period of time. So tell the people a little bit, you know, about what you went through, you know, what life was like for you, and some of the things that you're going to put in your book. You know what I'm saying? Because she got a book coming out, y'all. Uh, what's the name of your book? Kyrie. I forgot. Hello? Yeah. What's the name of the book? I forgot. What is it like? Justice. <laughs> <laughs> Justice for Kyrie. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. I should.
0: I I'm be, uh, right. be on one. So tell them a little bit about, like, what was life like for you growing up? You know, without me in the
2: picture. Okay, so when I was was a kid, my um my life was pretty hard. It was already hard because my family was a bunch of bull crap. and then my dad did not being there. I feel like I always asked my mom when I was a kid. I was like, "Why don't he want me?" And she didn't tell me he was in jail for a long time. When I got older, then she finally told me. She was like, "Your daddy in jail," and I was kind of mad at her because all these years I was always thinking he been ran off somewhere and he didn't want me. I was what I thought, but when he got out of jail, we
0: bonded or whatever,
2: and now he gets on my nerves.
0: I did not get on your nerves, ma'am.
2: <laughs> yes, you did.
0: No, I don't. <laughs> but he uh, wanted me to give me the Netflix password, y'all, convince him to do Oh, you're going to tell him about the Netflix? you going to snitch yes. on me. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe this. you going to snitch on me about yes. the Netflix password? Oh, my God. <laughs>
2: Really?
0: <laughs> so, like, you know, you were saying, like, your mom had told you, you know, you thought I had ran off, but I really didn't. Like, I told you, you know, I was going, I was 15, you know, when I had you. So it was like, it was kind of difficult for me as a person, also, you know, being so young, having a kid, and then not knowing what manhood was myself, not knowing what fatherhood was myself, because I didn't have my father. He got killed when I was like, you know, three, four years old. And so not having him growing up. I didn't know how to be a father to you, you know what I'm saying? And so it was like, I was having to take it in stride and learn as I was growing. And so I was doing everything I could for you, you know, as far as keeping you with me most of the time and then taking you everywhere. Like I took you and your brother everywhere. So it was like, I tried to do your hair a few times and my homegirl girl never like, do not do her hair ever again, you know? Cause I was messing your parts up and your little plaits up and, and your, you, it was crazy. So it wasn't that I wanted to just leave, it was the situation in the streets, you know, the life of the streets really got, got me caught up out there running around doing what I wanted to do, trying to make ends meet me, but also just being me, you know, as a kid. And so it was really hard for me, you know, and that's why when I, when I was down there, I was telling everybody, you know, about you, you know, and I had my friends going on your mom's page of uh, trying to do everything to get pictures of you, you know what I'm saying? And everything to get pictures of your brother from uh, his mom. So it was it was real tough for me dealing, but not hearing from y'all down there and not knowing what was going on with y'all. And so it, it brought a different level of stress on for me, you know what I'm saying? And then having to hear about certain things that you were going through out here in the world, you know, it didn't make it any better. And so I was trying to reach out and nobody was reaching back. And so I, it built up a level of hate for your mother, you know what I'm saying? And so over time I learned, you know, it's not her fault. You know what I'm saying? I'm in the situation I'm in you know, out here being a hole in the streets. And so, it, it just, you know, best. It's, it's not her fault that she ain't riding, that she ain't hitting me up and letting me know how the kid's doing. You know what I'm saying? Because I know what I was doing and how I was treating her, so it didn't, it didn't, you know, really matter. The only thing that mattered was that I could get myself together, that I cleaned my life up, and that I made goals and plans to be back in y'all lives and to help y'all. Have a better life than what i had you know what i'm saying and so it's awesome having a relationship with you
1: and being able to build
0: with you even though you're a handful you know what i'm saying like for real because you're a whole handful you don't be telling them that though do you hear me yeah Uh, what you doing i'll watch the video we supposed to be having a whole uh, (laughs) interview right now you up here watching videos?
2: We I watched one. Don't put an S behind that. <laughs> Let's talk about that Netflix password.
0: <laughs> we ain't talking about that Netflix password the I'm trying to tell you. So tell tell uh like the relationship between you and your mom when I was gone.
2: Me and my mama, we didn't talk much. We didn't talk much at all. Um my mama gave me up on, to my auntie when I was five. She gave me she gave me away. And, um, I've been living with my auntie since all the way up till 10. Then I decided to get on my auntie's phone, look up on my Facebook and contact her so that she can have a bond with me. She came, well, my auntie dropped me off over there one day and we left. So my auntie would find me. Eventually she stopped looking for me too. And I was there my mom after that. Um... So after that happened, I just stand with her. And our relationship has been the best. She tried to tell me what to do. She tried to tell me good things to do. Then she turned around and do the bad things that she just told me to do good. I don't understand that. You know, like, oh, don't chase a nigga. Then she go chase a dude. Or, oh, don't have sex. Then she go out of there and have sex. Don't have kids. Boom, she has the most kids. And she's 30 and then she can't even raise or is not financially favorable to raise. So more of the story, our relationship is crap. I love her, and she don't give me the same love back. I'm always wearing, letting her weigh on me hand and foot, but she never let me do it. So that's what our relationship is. Okay, okay.
0: So now, you know, you almost grown. You know what I'm saying? You uh, turned 17 this year. How you feel about that?
2: I feel like I'm more happier. Because I'm with my mama and I don't have to depend on her no more. So I'm able to work and make my own source of income for my family that I'm going to love and lay weigh on me hand and foot as a mother.
0: Yeah, that's good. I'm happy. Like I said, I'm proud of you. You know what I'm saying? It took us, what, about nine and a half months to get our relationship right? Because you was kind of out of control in the beginning when I first came home. Like, you wasn't trying to hear nothing I had to say. You was, uh, oh, you too strict. This what this is exactly how you sounded. Oh, you too strict. You know, um, don't talk to me. Shut up. Ooh, I'm like, really? Really, really? I still do
2: that sometimes because <laughs> that's just who I am. You're not gonna tell you can tell me what to do, but it's the way you tell me to do it.
0: Right. And you feel like I'm too strict. And the
2: way you was like it? you just oh you've been here oh. and you you have to do that. I feel like you have to earn that, no matter where you came from. You earn everything where I come from.
0: Right. So what do you, all right, so for other parents that are listening that have kids that, you know, uh, are incarcerated, how do you feel to let them know, you know, what is it like that you would want to say for them to uh, understand the situation that kids go through without having their parents there?
2: Well, I would say that I feel your pain. I feel that, you know, like, you're probably wondering if he died in jail or if you ever go see him or if he ever could get out. you probably going to wonder all that stuff. But he'll get out or she'll get out. And when they come home, just give them a chance. Don't just, you know, be straight up rude to them like they went to jail on purpose, like they know they was going to go or they willingly went and willingly took, left you. You know, I feel where y'all came from and I feel y'all pain. Just stay calm. I can find your time to the time is up for them, and just make memories. That's good.
0: So, you don't want to expand more on your book that you're
2: gonna that you have coming out soon. Well, the book that I have coming out soon, um, when I, once I get the name stamped on it, because we haven't decided on the name just yet. But I'm gonna tell you what it's gonna be about. It's mostly gonna be about how, in my entire life, that I succeeded successfully, mentally and physically, in my heart, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be okay for the rest of my life after everything that happened to me. It's basically telling y'all how I've been through a lot of stuff in my life and I've overcome it and I didn't try to commit suicide or, you know, just lose my complete mind over all that bad stuff that happened to me. So basically, it's like how you survive stuff that happened to you in your life that you thought you'd never survived in that time. Okay. So tell
0: us a little bit about how
2: do you enjoying your first job? Okay, well, when I first got this job, I um I liked it. It was like it my virginity to a job, like you know, oh, my first job. I want to be loyal to it. Didn't I and all that you did stuff. Not just say that? Yes. Oh Lord! <laughs> like, having, it's like I don't know, loses a part of you. Like, like now you got to actually work. You know go through something and it's the whole thing that's very important that you want to hold on to because you really need it which is my job you know what i'm saying and it's just like something that you want to hold on to in the beginning and then it's like you're like like, what i can find another one that's my whole thing
0: so have you ever been incarcerated at any at any point have you ever been locked up for anything
2: no, I've never been incarcerated. I almost got incarcerated because I was fighting my mama one time. I don't feel good about it. I actually just out right after it. But she just locked me up because I hit her. Right. But they asked me to have somewhere to go. Or have to go. If I had somewhere to go, I would have went. But I did not have somewhere to go. Okay. So I almost went.
0: So how did the incarceration affect your relationship with your brother? Um, I see my brother
2: once. My my
0: dad
2: was in jail. I see my brother once. Y'all, and he was so crazy. I loved him already. Um, he looked just like me. But he liked me as a girlfriend. I said, well, I'm your sister. You can't like me as a girlfriend. But over at, at time, he learned I was his sister. And we had a pretty good bond. Couldn't nobody miss him. Couldn't nobody miss with me. But then our mothers got into it, and that's where I was apart. So I'm just not getting to know everything about
0: him now since he got older. Yeah, he hit me up on Facebook the other day, so I told him about you know I wanted to interview him too. He talking about why, <laughs> why, why <do> you <laughs> want to interview me? I'm like, man, stop being scary. Uh, take the interview, okay? I'm like, you, he a video gamer, so he like to play his video games. He a Fortnite fan, like that's that's really what he live for right there. But the interview coming, boy, don't even act like you don't want to do it because you're gonna do it. You know what I'm saying for real. I've been waiting, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what Street been waiting for. That's why it's called that. It. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, I enjoy my son and my daughter. You know, it was, uh, like I said, it was hard for me dealing with that. and I had a level of hate for the moms when I was locked up, even though it wasn't their fault, it was, they were just protecting them, you know what I'm saying? And doing what mothers do. But I felt like at one point, you know, they could have been writing me, letting me know how my kids doing, at least telling my kids about me and not lying to them. And so it was a struggle in that aspect, but you know, Now that I've been out, I've been able to, you know, move into my fatherhood role and be able to be the man that I'm supposed to be and show them. It it made it a little easier for me to be able to deal with them and work with them and talk to them and and maneuver and make things happen for my kids and for me to be able to build a relationship. And so it's been working, man, and it's been awesome. And, you know, like I said, my daughter, you know, she she started out as a handful, but now, you know, our relationship is good and she want to keep bringing up this, this Netflix password. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, we're going to bypass the Netflix thing. But, uh, baby, I appreciate you for being on the show. You know what I'm saying? I know you act like you ain't got much to say when you got more to say, but we're just going to keep it short. What?
2: what? I said whatever. That's <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: hey, I know, right? So, you know, we're going to, uh, oh, yeah, you know, she, um, she had two twins, uh, october 31st halloween yes she had two twins on halloween you know what i'm saying made me a grandpa at 33 unfortunately you know i'm a handsome grandpa at that you know what i'm saying very whatever all the uh grand- grandmas out there that's around my age you know yeah anyway but she overprotective anyway so... no yeah because she... <laughs> you got something important why you're trying to holler, at some, old with say, listen, try holler at some old folks with their rinky yourself listen try to holler some old folks
2: with their rinky yourself now listen, y'all forgot. He forgot to mention one important thing about my friends, Okay, they are—they are, are fraternal. They don't look alike, and they're going to be six months in a couple of days. And they bad. Shout out to Trouble. No. You no, know,
0: that's my favorite. <laughs> but, you know what but I'm saying? She's not bad. It's not seen that's bad. Yeah. My favorite. My Shout out to Trouble. Yeah, you know I'm saying. And being here. Love you being here. So. Mm-mm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> But yeah, y'all yeah, um, yeah, be able to get one of my uh, books that's coming out, and I got one in the mail last night. Uh, I'm waiting on the autobiography to drop. You know, life and times of streets. I uh, also got another book that's about to drop for kids called Young Boss that I'm doing. Uh, teen entrepreneurship, taking back your destiny, and owning your life. Uh, that's what we've been doing. So, you know, we're gonna cut this out. Holler at my daughter. Y'all get up with them. Y'all pick her book up when it come out. She'll be back on to promote her book once it come out, once she get it. You know what I'm saying? So y'all be able to check that out. She a young entrepreneur on the ride. She do her. you know. So that make it even better. She an entrepreneur. So one day she ain't going to be working for McDonald's. I hope y'all hear this, McDonald's. One day she's not going to be working for y'all, so y'all better take advantage of it now. That's why she ain't got no off days. But, Hey. Shout out to uh Makari Elijah Morgan and we out. This is what the streets been waiting for. Holla at your boy, real talk. Any shout-outs before we go. You want to give out, baby?
2: No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you want shout your best friend out? You out of control.
2: No, no, it's not my best friend. No I'm back to my oldest friend. Oh you know? stop it's- it. All right,
0: we, y'all. Ain't well. <laughs> we ain't gonna do all this.
2: <laughs> We were pregnant at the same time and had our baby a week apart.
0: No, you the uh your new bestie. Oh, you don't even know. the one you always on the phone with.
2: Her boyfriend can't her boyfriend don't know how I have friends.
0: Oh lord. So I don't have friend. Yeah, she she left before me. Funny, so. Oh so, man, we ain't finna get on it. Now. All right, man. We're gonna holler at y'all later. We'll chop it up with y'all, man. This is what the streets been waiting for. We out <laughs> All right, man, we back. That was my daughter, man, with her goofy self. You know, I love my baby, man. You know what I'm saying? I can't wait to get my uh, son on here and be able to hear his side of the story. I'm sure he ain't got much to talk about it. But if he do, you know what I'm saying, y'all going to get it. So shout out your boy. So we back, man. We about to interview my mama right now. You know, she did 16 years in the penitentiary. Uh, been down a few times, uh, recovering drug addict. Actually, I had a a lot of experience with being incarcerated. So I'm gonna give y'all my side of what it was like being incarcerated with her being incarcerated and not being in my life. So the last time I saw my mom, I think I was eight. We had went through Buckner Children Home foster care. And we had the struggle of going through different adoptions and things like that. It was hard in the Buckner Children's Home for us growing up. And it was hard for us to find our identities and to know who we were and where we belonged. And so it was real hard coming up without your mother and your father. Because like I said, my father got killed when I was about three. And I never knew who he was. I only saw pictures of him growing up and everything. So it was real Like kind of hard for me as a man, you know, having to go through that, having to live a life not knowing your father, not having any father figures there. People were trying to fill the role that didn't have the uh, the skill or or the training or or the manhood or anything like that to validate us and let us know who we were, you know. So it was real hard for me as a, a young man growing up, being the oldest out of the younger three, you know, you know, and it was kind of crazy, but. I survived. I made it, you know, and then my mom, you know, she was there taking care of us, doing whatever she could do and be there for us as much as possible. But, you know, she had her own addictions and things that was going on in her life that we thought was sheltered. But I began to see a lot of different things, you know, uh, different men coming in and out of the picture, you know, when we were young and everything and being able to see all that. When I was young, being exposed to a lot of stuff, it was it was kind of kind of weird. No, you know, but it became the normal throughout my lifestyle and through just being around her, you know, uh, seeing the drinkingness, you know, the drunkenness and seeing people beat on her and seeing all that stuff when I was like five, six years old, you know, and being exposed to the street life at a young age. And it just kind of, I kind of like ran with it when I got a little older. So, you know, we're going to interview my mom right now. She's going to be uh, coming on. And so we're going to hear her side of the story from, What it was like for, you know, me, her having to deal with me being locked up, because she came back in my life in 2013, you know, so it was like, who are you? (laughs) I don't even know who you are no more. She was like, you know, I want to come back into your life and I want to, you know, be that mom that you never had. You know, I cleaned my life up, I'm off drugs, you know, I got my own crib, you know, I got my own house and everything, you know, I'm doing good. And I want to be there for you. So I'm like, really? who Like, who is this? Who is this woman? So this is the woman y'all going to meet, you know, and y'all going to talk to her. And she lives in Houston now with my sister and everything. We had our ups and downs. We had, you know, certain negative things going on in our relationship and everything. But for the most part, we built a great relationship. You know, I love her and I pray that God continue to help her grow in her relationship spiritually. And um, so, yeah, y'all going to hear from her, man. I'm going to pull her up on the phone and we're going to see... What she has to say about life incarcerated from both ends from dealing with a child that was incarcerated to being incarcerated herself you know what i'm saying so we're going to get it in right now hello hey hey so we on the show this is uh live what the street's been waiting for man Like I told y'all, I got my mom right here, man, Sandra Reyes. She's going to speak of, you know, different topics and situations. Hello, everybody. Okay, so, Ma, give them a little bit about what you had to go through when you came back into my life in 2013 and I was locked up. Oh, it was
1: hard. It was hard. It was a guilt trip for me and – Thinking that my mistakes had rubbed off on my on you and the rest of my kids does that matter? It was hard, but I I knew that as long as I supported you and you had somebody down there with you, out here, it would be a little bit easier because it was easier for me to have somebody out there with me out here in the world with me to keep me talking to and you know telling my story to and. Have been keeping me encouraged and as well as supporting me down there because it's a very lonely place without family out here or friends out here. The penitentiary is a whole new different kind of world. It's, it's, you meet nice people in there and you meet bad people in there. But most of all, it's more like a sled camp to me because it's more washed up. But it can save your life if you go in there and look to come out doing different. If it's just gonna make you or break you? You know, I like I was listening to some of your interviewers saying, you know, some people in there because they want they, they it's gonna keep going in there because they want to, and some people is in there because they didn't change. And the society needs to give
0: us a chance. Tell the truth. So, what are some of the things that you experienced from being in prison? Like, you know, you told me one time about one female tried to come up and tried to talk to you. Like she wanted you to be our girlfriend or something and you had to take. You had oh, to
1: yeah. <laughs> That's that, that a big thing in prison and women's prison as well. I hear it's the same way in the men's prison. There's some, you know, there's a lot of homosexuality in prison and a lot of gangs and different things like that. You know, you have to stand up for yourself in there because they'll try to make, they'll try to punch you out. Try, some of the people in there try to punk you out. When I first, when I was scared in hell, but I I remember somebody, I remember seeing a picture or something on TV and I was refused to be, let them know I was scared and I was scared so I was so goddamn scared because it was just pitiful. All I used to do was cry at night, when nobody was woke. I would cry because I was so goddamn scared, but I had to book up and start learning to fight for myself in there because they was going to make a punk out of me, you know. And so that's when I really first started fighting my own battles. When God, I come to know God more while I was in prison. On my terms, on his terms rather. That's what my grandmother and him had taught me. I come to know him for myself.
0: Did you get in trouble a lot for all those fights you was getting into? Oh, I got thrown in a whole
1: whole bunch of times. (laughs) I got eight numbers on my back. I've been to prison a lot of times for all kinds of different shit prostitution, drugs, selling drugs, assault, um, uh, theft, robbery. I've been to prison for a whole bunch of things. I got eight numbers on my back. But you know what? I know God is good because you know I never got over two uh, two years sentence out of all of them eight. Amen. Out of all of them eight counts. Never got the bitch thrown at me. Not one time. Yeah. And I never had to do a flat two but one time. Used to, I go in there and get out within nine to months to a year. The last time I went in 2009, I stayed in there two flat. I yeah, 2007, I stayed in there them two flat years. When I come out in 2010, I was off of parole and everything. Now I had three months left on parole, and I didn't finish that. But God walked me through it. He done brought me a mighty long way with my kids, my life and my learning of him and society needs to understand that everybody that go to prison don't keep that number on our back. We do want to change, but we got to have a chance to do that.
0: That's
1: right. You know, we need a chance.
0: So, all right, tell me about did, y'all, did you have to go through like, okay, for women, dealing with, now we're going to touch the different aspect of, you know, you was locked up and None of us was right you or, you know, because we were so young, we really didn't know much about prison or anything. So what was right. that like not hearing from us?
1: It was hard. It was hard because I was in there. I'm sober. I didn't have the drugs to hide behind. I didn't have the drugs to put me, keep me in denial of what I had done wrong to y'all and how I had failed myself as well. So it was really, really hard, but I had an uncle named Uncle Raymer, Uncle Raymer. He kept me encouraged and kept me rolled up. and then I got pen pals and things, and they did the same thing. So I had a lot of support, but I tell you the biggest support I had was God. That was my biggest supporter, and I met good people in there. I met good good guards, which has bad guards and good guards. There's good people and bad people in there. It's just like being out of the world only you can find. To the same people every day. You can't, you know, you move around and go do your work free like everybody else. And you just, you choose just like you do out here in the world. You choose the crowd you're going to run in. You choose the crowd you're going to run in and you make decisions in there of what you're going to do. Because, like me, when I first started going, I was determined to beat the law. I wasn't going to go back and I was going to do the damn thing I wanted to. Follow the reason I got to make numbers on my back.
0: So tell me this. How was it like, okay, now I already told my part earlier when I before I came on, you know, um, about, you know, what it was like for you not being in my life and everything and, you know, uh, me having to go through the transition of you coming back in in 2013. So now that I'm out, what is life like and our relationship like now that I'm out?
1: It's much better because when you know when I was on the drugs and things, I didn't take time to... I was too ashamed is what it was to come back and see y'all a lot because I didn't want you to see me in the state I was in because I was messed up pretty bad off of them drugs. When I did get clean, believe it or not, when I did get clean in 2013, 2012, and finally met Found y'all and met up with Duran and Shantae and him, I'm still thinking I'm going to meet some little bitty kids, honestly. (laughs) I thought I was going to meet some little bitty kids. I found out you was in prison, Duran was homeless, Shantae was grown and had kids, Cornelia was grown and have her set her life the way she got it. And it was just, it was a new, it was all new to me. Y'all thought it was new to y'all. It was new to me as well, coming together with y'all. And it's still new to me. I'm still trying to get used to y'all being grown. Because I love babies, and I thought I was coming back to babies. And y'all still my babies, and sometimes I go overboard with that because I want y'all to be closer than me and my family, me and my sisters and brothers was, because they made me the outcast, you know. And i Still accept them, regardless of what they do or how they are. I take time to talk to them, be around them, you know, because God does that for me. And I think if you you got blood, uh, any kind of family member, any person, not just a family member. God said we all family. You give them a chance because so people can change. If you can change, you didn't change overnight either, but you changed. People can change, but you have to, you have to. Uh, to, you know, see them out, see them through, and then you know, you just don't give up on people. I don't, I don't give up on people until I see, okay, I can't, I can't do nothing for you, right. so I got to go. But my part, my problem is, I stick with your ass, so I'm, I'm your friend. I'm your friend until I die. Right. You know, I won't put up with your bullshit too long. Like I tell you, when I get tired of, it, we are gonna do some fighting. <laughs> you know, I get on away from you. Yeah. You know, but I'm still going to tell you where I feel about shit because you, I, to me, ain't no use of me having no kind of relationship or association with nobody I can't talk to and get along with at some point. If we ain't going to never get along, ain't no use enough wasting each other's time because the world got a big bunch of people out there will help you do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So tell me how the incarceration and, you know, affect. Your relationship
1: with your grandkids it affects the relationship with all your
0: family mm-hmm.
1: with all your family because they in prison with you right regardless if you talk to them or not they in prison with you if they your parents your grandparents your aunts your uncles they in prison with you some of them got their mouthpieces on their shoulder but they embarrassed as hell too yeah. Because they don't, do nobody want to see their kids, grandkids, family, grandmother, mother, nobody in prison. You know, we try to play it off, but everybody's in prison. You know, we try to play it off, and then some of the family people just don't think you can change. They just gonna see it the way they want to see it until the day they die. Yep. And you just, you just gotta keep on pushing because if I, this is the way I look at. It. I look at it like this. God seen me and changed me, and I know I done changed it. I don't give a damn what nobody else say. I ain't perfect, they ain't perfect. If they don't like the way I am, they don't have to mess with me. I like them, I don't give a shit what they do. If I wanna be there for them when they ask me to, I'll be there if I don't, I ain't. You know, that's it, just be honest about it. That's just the way I am though, because God has brought me. He just showed me I ain't better than nobody. I can't talk about nobody. All I can do is tell you what he done done for me. Right. And I got to give it a chance to you because he gives me a chance every damn day because I'm not perfect. Amen. And so I just got off the phone
0: with an interview with your
1: granddaughter. Did you? <laughs> I like that interview you just done with Christian. She 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 put it out there, her and the other lady yesterday. Oh yeah, they put it. Hey, it was, hey, put it out there. You gotta get
0: more women up on here, boy. Yeah, I, I got a, I got a few more interviews after you. Uh, two more females, one from Chicago, Illinois. Oh no, just one more, Janine from Chicago. Uh, but uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm putting out there for them, reaching out. They hitting back slowly but surely. But I got more women that's gonna be on here soon. But yeah, your granddaughter, good. she a handful. <laughs>
1: Let me tell you this. I tell you one thing. I've been. in M.C. I've been in Mountain View, Hobby. Uh, what was that other one? Uh, uh Bridgeport. Um, and that's another. I've been in about five different different prisons. And ain't now. I, I I was on death Road. On in death Road, the prison. You know, with well, death Road in Mountain View. Yeah. And. Ain't none of the prisons the same that you go to. All of them, everything is different. The worst prison I ever went to was Hobby. That was a teenage prison. And it was hell because there was so many gangs and all kinds of crap going on there. and it was just pathetic. But ain't no prison the same. The only thing the same about them is you confined to where you are. You got to do what them people in suits say. And you got to stick up for yourself with the, with these crazy teenagers and things. In there, you know, but most of the time, if you're the sell down kind of person, you get in with the sell down kind of people, and all y'all can, can get together. That's right. That's you know, right. I tell you, you can change in there if you want to, and you can keep going backwards and forwards in there. It's like everything else in your life, in anybody's life, it's a will and a choice, and God's gonna let you have your will and run your way.
0: That's right. Did you take advantage of any like? Programs, any
1: type of school or anything? While you was there? Oh yeah, I tried to get into a whole bunch of programs, but I never had enough time to get into the mechanics and all the stuff I really wanted to in college. Because you have to have a lot of time to get into the big programs. So I took the but the basic programs I could take like life skills, anger management, you know, um, budgeting class. Uh, the classes I had to take to get back into society, to learn about myself, mental health classes. I took uh, everything that I could take, I took. And that that I couldn't take, I just couldn't take it. Because t- if you ain't got a bunch of time, you can't get into the good stuff and learn a lot. You know, so I learned from what I could learn from in there, like the jobs that I had and all that. I put all of that on my application. When I got out started looking for work after I got clean in 2010, I put all my jobs that I had because I was a cook there. I worked the gates there. I was a gatekeeper. I also worked in the blood trap, so that was sanitation. <laughs> that was sanitation, so I learned how to do blood pathogens and all of that stuff you know, how to stay clean and clear from that, but how also to clean them up. Right. And I did all of that. So I put all that on my application and God had seen me through and helped me get jobs because there's a lot of jobs that people said I couldn't get that I just, I just tried to just put in just to see. Right. But Lord, don't tell me nothing about the Lord he can close some doors and check some things out. people's ass can't see. And you have a job somewhere people say you couldn't do it. For
0: real. So, mm-hmm. so tell me this, um, the opportunities that you didn't have to get into school and everything in there, what did you do when you got out?
1: I went to school, I got my, I went to school and got my G. well, I got my GED in prison. I got my GED when I was in prison. The first time I went to prison, I got that from the, the very first time because I took a case for somebody. One of my boyfriends, your daddy, as a matter of fact, yeah. took the case for his ass. <laughs> and uh the first time I ever went to prison for a robbery that I. I didn't do, but I went because I loved his ass. And that that started the ball rolling to hell right there. I never do that no more. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I took, I got my G.G. brothers in there. I come out and I got, um, I'm not a big school person. I never was, even when I was in school. But I learned things as far as my mistakes. I learned more by hand. I'm a hands-on kind of learning person. I'm not a big advocate reader and you know learner of by reading. I have to learn by hand, right. by touch. I'm more of a touchy-typey kind of learner. I got to see and learn mm-hmm. with my hands. And so uh, I got my GED when I was in prison. The first time I went, the first time I got, that was going to state jail. And then I got my I got my um, computer certificate in 2014, I think. I graduated from El Centro College and got that. Yep. And then uh, the other stuff that I have learned as far as work has been on the jobs that I've learned at all. Either I just learned how to do it on my own. So, you know.
0: what was like the first job you had when you got out? Like, what was they paying you and stuff? The
1: first job I got when I got out in 2010, after God cleaned up my life, they were paying me seven dollars and a quarter. <laughs> I was doing cleaning, like the place called the Bridge. It was a homeless shelter. All right.
0: And so you built your way up, worked your way up from there to what were you working on? <laughs> I think it was a JFK Museum, sixteen fifty an hour. Huh? You had worked your way up and built your way up to working at the JFK Museum to paying I think they were paying you what sixteen fifty?
1: Yeah, sixteen fifty an hour. Okay.
0: Uh-huh. Working at the museum. Yep. You had your own place. You had it took everybody. some
1: years to get to I had to keep taking I had to keep taking jobs until God built me up to that. It wasn't no quick nothing. Right. It wasn't no quick nothing for me. I had never had a job with benefits since I was young you know, when I didn't know the meaning of having a job and sticking with one. And when I got that job at the JFK Museum and and got benefits at 60 years old, I just, you know, that just confirmed what I believed in God more. He can do anything, you know, but out of that 7.25 an hour that he started me out with, I had people that I was volunteering with got me a place to stay and everything. That's when I started getting in contact with all 'all. y'all. They got me a place to stay. I got my job one day and my apartment the next. And uh, they furnished it and everything. And that 725 took me for some years, um, paying for that apartment, you know, paying the bills and stuff in that apartment, keeping me going. That 725 took me. (laughs) So it ain't about how much you make; it's about what you do with it. And when you come out of prison these days and times, society that got you pegged as a prisoner and the damn stupid ass laws they make these days it's crazy in hell, if you got a fair you can't get a job. What kind of shit is that? You say you you don't want us to go back to prison but you done put that stigma on our back and people are stupid enough to some people are stupid enough to let it let it roll with it. You know, you can't do that. That's cheating us out of life and we get human too, like that like Christian said. I'm human. Right. I want a better life for myself. No, I don't want to be out here breaking the law and sitting up in prison, slaving for y'all for nothing. Sure don't for $50. I'd have spent 20 years in prison for $50. <laughs> you know, <laughs> shit like a, that. Now they giving a hundred. Society, the world and society and people these days is just it's stupid. There's a lot of stupidity and the laws of the Texas land to me. And so, you know, I've always wanted to get a, be an advocate for breaking some of these laws about uh, inmates and things because uh, all, of them, all of us are people. If we go in and do our time, I think that should be enough. I've done my time. And listen, I come out and prove to you that I still want to do more time. I think you deserve to give me a damn chance. I done saved my time.
0: For real. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way, you know, is this... Just- like i said man it took a lot and if it wasn't for god you know i wouldn't be here doing what i'm doing right now you know what i'm saying motivating people and pushing people to speak up and be a man you know what i'm saying because i mean we all got gifts i mean it says in the bible you know your gifts make room for you and so this is just one of the avenues that my gift is making room because i can speak because i'm good with people and because you know god wants me to be upfront and honest and be out here uh helping people understand things like the system and understanding that you know they're gonna need you down there riding for your family because that's what pushes a lot of them to do wrong down there that's people only take people's commissary because they don't have nobody to support them as like how they own hygiene they own food right, so it's a right. little hard and it's not about the money it's about the support system that you know that, they got people behind them that love yep. them that they're that's their form you know what i'm saying and so it's, it's a lot that comes with the mind of inmates. There's a lot that comes with the culture of prison and the prison culture out there. And it's just crazy that, you know, for us to be in a situation we are now talking about it from the opposite side of the gate and sending support to those people on the inside of the gate. And so I'm trying to set it up right now where I can have inmates calling in from prison to be on the show. Hey. So y'all going to hear from them also that are behind the wall what it's really like yeah yeah now you're talking know. now you're talking yeah you need we need some of them and so we uh, showed
1: sure this we need some I'll of be them looking for
0: that coming soon it will be coming because soon. because they man. that
1: reform they say they're giving us they ain't giving us no damn reform you have to reform yourself that's right whether you're in prison or out of prison you have to reform yourself and that comes with will and want to yeah.
0: most people down there they lose hope because they don't have the yeah. family support or they don't have, you know, like mail is big down there, pictures are big. It's the small stuff. Like I said, it's always going to be the small stuff that right. that means a lot to us, especially dudes that got 10 years or more. You know, you're doing any any time period, but it's those that are doing five years or more. That's doing serious time. Like it's, it's a whole lifetime to be gone that long. And I did 12 on the fifteen. Yeah,
1: I've been – after I added up all the years I spent in prison, I did 16 years, none, so not, not flat, but all the years out of all the years going, I can't imagine having to do them two years doing them flat down there killed me. I couldn't. I can't imagine having to do ten or fifteen, twenty years slack. Or 16, I don't know. Yeah. I. I get, well. I. I could make it with God's help only. That's just like I had to make it through everything else. I made through. It wasn't for God. I wouldn't have made it where I am today. Awesome. Mhm. Hey,
0: that's good, man. Because I, I done put good. my ass in some shit <laughs>
1: that I didn't ask for. When I finally realized what it was. You know, and
0: couldn't have got out of it on my own if it hadn't been for the grace of God. So, oh, You know, I thank God, mm-hmm. man, you know, that we all out here doing good now. You know, that's everybody yep. that I've interviewed. They out here doing good, you know, and they're doing yeah. whatever they can to make it out here with whatever money, whatever jobs that they have. And like I said, I've mm-hmm. been out of a job multiple times. And if it wasn't for you and my friends and the support system I have, you know, I wouldn't be, I still wouldn't be in the place that I have right now. You know what I'm saying? Because right. the support don't stop just, with your, just because you're writing no That's what we're all
1: there for, friends and family. That's what you're supposed to be there for. Right. When somebody trying to get up, you help them stay up right. and help to keep them encouraged and keep them pushing. Don't give up on them, you know, because everybody can change. Right. You give up on those who give up on themselves,
0: yeah. you know. But, yeah, man, without the support network, in there, and without it out here, I wouldn't have made it. You know what I'm saying, and so I'm just letting y'all know. You know, it don't stop just because they come out. You're still gonna have to support them to a degree, but you only yep. you only so supporting just waiting to catch them up. That's right. You only support them though if they really grinding and they really pushing forward. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. Really want it, but if they just gonna fall yep. back and just do nothing and just expect y'all to do it, then I, y'all fall back. You Know what I'm saying? Yep, because
1: you I gotta fall stop. back and let them fall on their face because when right. you get to when they get tired, they gonna come up out of it or they gonna die. That's right, one of the two. So, you gotta get tired of being sick and tired
0: <laughs> before you stop the bullshit. that's right. And so, you know, well, hey, you. like I said, I never stopped grinding, I never stopped running, I never stopped pushing forward. And y'all see where we at today with the podcast. I got my book just came last night. You know, got books being dropped, got videos coming soon. And it's just the constantly growing, man. Thank God. You know what I'm saying? that it just who would have knew, you know? Well, I'm proud of ago.
1: what you're doing. And, it's a, and this is a good thing you're doing. Keep it up. Keep it moving and get inside of them prisons and start, start hitting them people talk. Because government and people out here in society, they got their nose stuck up their behinds. need to understand. We want life too, and we don't want to have to steal or rob or sell dope to get it. That's right. All right,
0: y'all.
1: We need jobs. We need That's those open and laws that make sense. That's
0: right. So we're gonna get out of here, man. I appreciate everybody for listening. This is what the streets been waiting for. <laughs> Hot little boy. All
2: right.
0: All right.